with you that um, God has honored us with his um, presence this morning. Um, it's incredible that God would um, come from heaven and tabernacle on earth with mere humans and um, meet with us. Um, thank you for having me this morning. It's a great honor and a privilege to be here. And um, I'm just going to share a few words of what God is staring in my heart. And um, But first of all, off the bat, let me start by thanking God for what the, the Lord has built um, through the PS brothers initially in this land, in this what God has been using you guys to, to do and slaving in the kingdom of God or serving in the kingdom of God. And, you know, we are standing on the, on the back of, of, of the work that you guys have, have sown as a family and as friends and you've sown into the Egham area. And um, we're just in the new season of what God has sown. I just want to acknowledge that. I, I'm privileged to have lived in Egham for a while, so I do know some of the history of the land and uh, I, I lived in different parts of Egham, Pulley Green, Thorpe Lee, and now I live somewhere else. But I just want to say that God knows what he's doing. And um, even though time ticks by, his plans and purposes for the land doesn't change. And his intention and his desire for Egham will still be seen. You know, God is still going to put Egham on the map. And people are going to come here because of the noise of revival. Uh, that, that's the plan of God. And, and I, I just believe that this is just the, the next phase of what God is doing. And um, I'm privileged to have been a mentor and a leader to Liam and Emily. And um, um, so I'm glad that they're here now, you know, riding on the back of the work that's been done before and taking it to a new place and see what God would do. Because God doesn't change. You know, we, we might change. You know, I've put on a little bit of weight. I've grown older from the last time I, I, I was in this hall. You know, I was in this hall probably 16 years ago, dedicating my daughter, Olamide, in this very hall about 16 years ago. So, you know, we, we've got history here. And, um, but God doesn't change. You know, the, the God of heaven does not change. And so this morning, just very briefly, I'm just going to kind of stare your heart in a particular direction in, in what God has been staring me recently. And I just want to stare your heart in that particular direction. I'm going to start from reading from the book of Judges, uh, chapter 6, um, verse 11. And, and just to give you a bit of background, we find Gideon, he, he's, he's been asking God for God to move in the land. And he, he's, he's not happy with what the Midianites are doing. He, he's kind of worried and he's expecting God to move. And I guess from that place of expectation, guess what? God sends an angel. And in, Gen and in Judges chapter 6, verse 12, the Bible says this, and really from the Amplified, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with you, O brave man. The Lord is with you, O brave man. And if it was me, I would be already freaking out. I wouldn't even know what to say because the Bible says he was in a wine press. He was in a place hiding. So that, I'm guessing no doors were open and this angel appears to him and says, the Lord is with you, brave man. And I think for me, that would have been enough. I wouldn't even have to say anything else. But he doesn't stop there. And then Gideon says to him, um, hold on a second. Uh, please, my Lord. So he definitely knows this is an angel. So there's no doubt. He's not like confused. He's not dreaming. He knows he's talking to an angel. He says, oh, hold on a second. Please, my Lord. If the Lord is with us, 
If, if God is the God of the UK, then why has all this happened to us? And where are all his wondrous works, which our fathers told us about, when they said, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and put us into the hand of Midian. He's like, I've been waiting for you to show up. So glad you could come. And, and thank you for doing a miracle by just walking through those doors and appearing to me. But I have a challenge. Because if you're saying the Lord is with me, then I will have a question for you. If the Lord be with us, then why is everything happening to us that's happening to us in this nation? And you, I'm not going to unpack what happens later. For those who are Bible scholars, you know what happens. He does see the miracles of God, and he defeats the Midian army with 300 men. That in itself is a mighty thing. But this is the starting point of him asking God to do something miraculous. And I, this morning, I come to you with a couple of things that I just want to look at in this verse. Number one, God calls him brave. And I want to echo God this morning. There are men and women in this room, you are brave. You might not feel it, you might not be told, you might not even be honored at work or honored in your family, but God knows you are brave. And he says to you this morning, well done, brave man. And we don't have to, you know, sometimes you have to kind of make it up and say, you know, the Lord was with us this morning in worship. But for those of you who sense the presence of God, you know we don't have to make it up. He was with us this morning, right? And so I can actually echo that and say, the Lord was with us this morning in worship. And then Gideon said this, please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, then why is all this happening to us? I was privileged to be in Lincoln yesterday, and while I was up there, I, I met, I, I was flabbergasted by God. Let me tell you why. Because I realized that you and I, maybe me, let me speak for myself this morning, we sit down and we moan. We read the papers, we talk about Brexit, we talk about the government, we la, 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 Brexit this, Tory that, Labour this, Labour that. And I realized that I don't really spend enough time praying about that. And then I get to Lincoln and I meet this woman, Louise Davis, who is the, the, the director of Christians on the Left. And so she is a pastor of the Labour Party. And she has the privilege, Monday to Wednesday of every single week, to pray and prophesy over Labour MPs in Westminster. And I'm, here I am thinking, God, what is happening to our nation? And God is saying, yeah, you might be saying what's happening to my nation, but some people are not saying that. They're actually doing something about it. They're praying and they're prophesying over MPs, asking God to actively, dynamically be working in our nation. And she said that this week she was praying for a, an MP who was going into parliament to make a vote. And she put her hand on him and prophesied over him and said, I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit of God to come upon you. And the choice you're going to be making will be the choice that the Holy Spirit is making. And what am I saying? I'm saying that if you and I take too much time to look within ourselves, we will miss what God is doing in the nation. 
Elijah said, God, I am the only one left. And God said, no, you're not. Uh, you might think you are. You might think you're special, but you're not. You're just one of 3,000 that have not bowed. And I'm saying this this morning because I, I, I think God is looking for a people who are going to say to my dying breath, I want to see the miraculous move of God. I want you to think about, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I want you to think about Simeon. Every single day, he goes into the temple. He sees the baby come in. And he's wondering, is this the baby? Year after year, after year, after year, after year, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. I mean, I'd, I'd gone home. But he didn't. And then one day, he saw a baby come in with Mary, and he was like, thank you, Lord. Now let your servant depart in peace. And I was thinking to myself, hold on a second. You mean to tell me God, even though he was sending his son, his only son, God himself in the flesh that created everything, God still sent Simeon and Anna to be praying for his welcome. So if it, that means, and Amos said it, that God doesn't do anything on the earth except he first speaks to his prophets. And so nothing that's happening right now, Brexit, no Brexit, labor, no labor, conservative, no conservative. There are people in this nation who are sitting down and saying, exactly as God said it. Exactly as God revealed it. And the question I'm asking you is, do you want to step over the fence and step into, I knew that was going to happen, or you want to still be an observer to say, I wonder what God has to say about that. Gideon said, if the Lord is with us, then why is all this happening to us? But let me tell you something else he said. And where are all the miracles our fathers told us about? And I was praying this week, and, and, I, and God was challenging me. That what, what are my children going to say about the miracle power of God? Are they going to say, they said maybe two generations ago, God healed in the church. Because they have never seen it themselves. What Gideon was saying was, our fathers told us, our fathers were faithful. They told us about the miracle power of God, and therefore we had an expectation that God would do the miraculous. And so Gideon was saying, come on, give me a story. Give me a story to tell my children. Where are all the miracles our fathers told us about? And I have so many sides to it, but I don't have time to unpack it. But one side is, fathers, what are you telling your children? And children, what are you hearing? Because the generation is rising. Because God cannot lie. Joel 2 says, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And even if he has to skip a generation, he will still pour out his spirit upon all flesh. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is bound to be liberty. Isaiah. Let me race now. Isaiah chapter 8. 
says this. And, and while I'm saying this, let me tell you this. I'm not preaching this this morning because, you know, I've got it all sorted out. You know, I still have a miracle I'm asking God for that he hasn't answered. I've been praying in Egham High Street for that um, Church of Scientology to be shut down. I've been praying for 25 years. It's still there. But I know that it's going to go. <laughs> right? I'm believing God for a miracle that that place will be a Christian bookshop. And I'm going to keep praying for it. I'm going to keep praying for it. Every time I go to Londis, I'm going to pray. I'm going to say, God, you know, I got a promise over this one. This is going to be shut down. And the question is, how long are you willing to wait for the miraculous intervention of God in your life? And when, when do you give up? When do you say, oh, you know, yeah, we prayed about that before, but, you know, but, you know, but, you know. But I've come to tell you this morning, there is still a God in heaven. And Isaiah said this in Isaiah chapter 8, verse 18. He said, listen carefully. Listen carefully in case you miss it. Because you might think I said something that I did not say. So listen carefully. Pay attention. If it was in the New Testament, it would have said, you know, um, hearken unto me. Verily, verily, I say unto thee. As King James says, I and the children whom the Lord has given me are for signs and for wonders. And actually, Amplified puts an open bracket, closed bracket, and says, that will occur. And if you read it in King James, you think that he was talking historically. The Amplified is saying, no, he's talking futuristically. That I and the children that the Lord has given me are for signs and wonders that are yet to happen. In Israel, from the Lord of hosts who dwells in Mount Zion. And this morning I came to rattle your cage. Yeah. I, I don't know whether you like being rattled, but sorry. They, they gave me the mic. So I got to rattle your cage. And what am I rattling your cage for? Come on. Kenneth Hagin said something to a woman who was dying of cancer in her bed. She was 88, dying of cancer. He looked her in the eye and said, honey, I know you're going to glory, but you ain't taking cancer with you. And he went to her house for six weeks, every single day, reading the word over her, saying, you, by his stripes, you are healed. By his stripes, you are healed. By his stripes, you are healed. The woman stands up from her dying bed, completely healed of cancer. A week later, she goes to glory. And Kenneth Hagin stands up in his church and he says, hallelujah, I told that woman, you ain't taking cancer to heaven. Now, one of us would have said, well, why are you wasting your time? She's 88. But Kenneth Hagin says, for the five years he pastored, 1948 to whatever, 53, he never buried a woman who had cancer. He prayed them to health. What am I saying? I'm saying that it's a choice. It's a choice we make whether to believe God, that God is going to do signs and wonders. People have done it. F.F. Bosworth, the great general of God. I don't know why I'm doing history this morning, but maybe it's because of where my head is at at the moment. 
he recorded 225,000 recorded medically verified healings. All I'm asking you is just do one before you die. Just do one. You do one, you do two. You do two, you do a dozen. You do a dozen, you do a score. You do a score, you do a century. Come on. All you got to do is just take the, take the word. It says, I and the children of the Lord have given, and they are for signs and for wonders, for miracles. The Bible says, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest shall not cease. And I can say, as long as Jesus is on the throne and the Holy Spirit is active on the earth, people will get healed. Yeah, you just have to decide whether it's going to happen in Egham. That's your choice. You know, make room for God, and guess what? God shows up big time. So, Isaiah said this listen carefully because you might miss it. You might think I said miracles might happen. I didn't say that. I said miracles will happen when you believe. And guess what? You're never too young for a miracle, and you are definitely never too old for one, too. And so you just have to decide, am I going to believe God for the supernatural intervention of God in my life? Am I going to make space for God? You know, I, I need a miracle. God, I know you're up there. I need a miracle. You know, you can take it whatever way you want to take it. You want a tax relief? Just ask him. Guess what? He does those too. You want healing? He does those too. You want forgiveness? Oh, yeah. He's the boss. Right? And so let me finish with this. Um, Acts chapter 10, verse 38. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. It says this. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with great power. And, you know, we could just stop there and just not go any further, right? <laughs> How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. And that same God is anointing Flow Church with the Holy Ghost and with power. I mean, for those who know history, the history talks about the Jeffrey brothers who gathered churches all around the UK and all they did was walk through the aisle and say, Jesus, come and heal. 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 That's all you need to say. Nothing else. You don't have to be theological or doctrinal or, you know, you don't have to do any of that. I, I just, I used to think to myself, I was like, God, I mean, I, we're going to have words when we get to heaven because I haven't died for the, for the course of Christ yet, but there are people who died in Russia who all they had was a page of the Bible. They didn't have the whole Bible. They just had a page of the Bible. That's all they had. That's all they could get passed through in the, in, in, in the prison. And then a, and a, and a, and a, and a, and a, and a, uh, a guard looks at a 12-year-old boy in the eye and says, do you really believe in God? And he says, oh, yes, I do. And the guy says, therefore, you will die. And he's like, let heaven come. Wow. Boom. 
And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, he, he only had a page. He didn't have the whole Bible. He didn't have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And he didn't have Judges or, or Jeremiah or Isaiah. He didn't have Ezekiel. He didn't have Psalms. He didn't have Proverbs. He didn't even know whether what he believed was true. He didn't have time to prove it, but he believed in his heart. And the Bible says, if you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ saved, then you will be saved. And he believed that he was saved, that he was the son of God, and he was on his way to heaven. And before the guy pooped him, he said to him, and he said, and I'm going to pray for you that you will find your way. The story that comes not from the child, but the story comes from the God who 20 years later meets Richard Woolbrand, and he becomes a Christian, and he remembers that he killed a 12-year-old child. Yet, there is still forgiveness in God. And so I ask myself, I ask myself every day, and I say to myself, what do I believe? Am I ready to take a shot? Or am I going to say to God, you know, God, you know, I can't go yet. I've still got the mortgage to pay. You know, I wouldn't want to leave my family with the mortgage, really, would I? So, Lord, maybe let's work this one out. Now, this 12-year-old boy didn't argue with God. You know, you could, have, you could argue that he could have, why didn't God just save him miraculously? Well, then you haven't read Hebrews 11. Because Hebrews 11 starts off of talking about the people that God did save. And at the end of it, he said, let's not forget those who, who were not saved, but they still died in faith. Or I'd rather die in faith than live on without faith. They were thrown to lions and they died in faith, expecting that one day you and I will be standing like we're standing now. Because their faith did not fail them and the gospel continued even though they died. And so I'm saying this because I, I just feel stirred in my heart that God really wants us to believe again. I was preaching in a crusade in Mexico. And uh, we had a great evening on the Friday night. And this young boy, Emmanuel, was in the crusade. And I've told this story several times. For those of you who know me for a while, I've said this story before. And um, he goes home on a Saturday morning, wakes his neighbor up and tells him tonight, you're going to go with me to a crusade. When you get to the crusade, you're going to get healed, you're going to get saved, and you're going to get filled with the Holy Spirit. And this man was dying of diabetes. But Emmanuel believed God so much, he brought the guy to the crusade ground early. Crusade was to start at 7, about 6.30. Emmanuel pops out of the public transport. He'd been traveling for about an hour. And he hops out with this man his neighbor, and he brings him straight to me, makes a beeline for me. And I'm thinking to myself, why is this guy coming here this time? It's not time for the crusade to start. And my, my translator is by my side. And I said, go ask Emmanuel why he's here. And Emmanuel says, I, I just wanted to bring my neighbor who's dying of diabetes. I told him that there's a great crusade going on here, that if he comes tonight, he will get saved, he'll get filled with the Holy Spirit, and he'll get healed. So, sir, over to you. And I will tell you that that's one miracle when I get to heaven doesn't have my name on because it will say Emmanuel all through it. I had the privilege of praying for this man. He came to faith. He got filled with the Holy Spirit. And oh, yes, he was healed of diabetes. Not because I prayed for him, but because Emmanuel believes. Before he stepped onto that crusade ground, he was healed. Why am I saying this? Because the Bible says this, how God anointed Jesus Christ with the Holy Ghost and with great power, and he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil because God was with him. I ask you one question this morning. Is God with you? If God is with you, then get your miracle boots on. 
because we need some miracles. Maybe, maybe you need some miracles. I don't know if you work in the NHS. Maybe you need a few miracles in the NHS. Maybe you work as a teacher. Maybe you need a few miracles in your school. If you work in, 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 a, in a bank, maybe you need a few miracles in your bank. If, you, if, you're not, if you're not working right now, maybe you just need a few miracles in your home and in your neighborhood. Maybe you just need to go knock on the door next door and say, hey, do you want a miracle from God? And they, they might think you're crazy. You are because you're crazy in love with Jesus. And I tell you this morning, that there's no way heaven would allow a church to be in Egham Highs if he doesn't want to do miracles. In 2018, this church exists because there is an expectation, a need for the miraculous power of God to be made known in this part of the nation. And I'm begging you, I'm asking you to ask God for miracles today.